next Buffy, the beast is a beauty. She's making a monster. What for? What does it do? With the power to destroy the chosen one. This chick creamed you last time. But it isn't Buffy she's come for. It knows. An all-new Buffy. Welcome to Besiege, Bedeviled, and Beheaded, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 8, Shadow. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about carousels. Yeah. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows or movies. If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, your one-stop podcast spot for lots of Buffyverse items. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to talk about this fantastic episode of television, but I'm not alone. I'm here with my co-host number one, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Co-host number mm, Blorange. Daniel, say hello. Ew. As Glory said, there's nothing worse than a gift that doesn't work. Ooh. Spoilers. Just saying. Uh, and my name is Kelly, and we're here to talk about Buffy, specifically episode eight of season five, which originally aired on November 21st of the year 2000. Written by David Fury. This is nine of 17 for him. I didn't realize, like... He's such a name, but I feel like he doesn't do that many episodes. But then 17's a lot. Like, the averages are in the teens. But anyway, the last time we saw an episode of his was Real Me, and the next one will be Crush. Uh, directed by mm. David Attias, which is, uh, this is the first one of his. He only does two. The next one will also be Crush. Um, the, before this, he did episodes of Homeland, It's Always Sunny, True Blood, The Wire, Six Feet Under, Sopranos. Clearly a HBO director wow. guy. But um, a, a bunch of other stuff. But he seems to be just like a... TV director, like they just throw them in for episodes for, for stuff. So, uh, what uh, what happened in this episode? Nearly nothing. Uh, Joyce, her head headaches and stuff are, is not as benign as we thought. Turns out it's a brain tumor. Not great. I'm sure, she's going to make it out of it just fine. Uh, other than that, we learn our, our new big bad's name is Glory. She's got minions. She's got Snake Demon. Snake Demon sent to go find her key. Found out it was Dawn. That's okay. She, because Buffy strangles it, Job of the Hut style, before it goes back to glory to spill the beans. So really, again, nothing happens except for uh, poor, poor old Joyce got a brain tumor. Not great. Not great. Um, there's, a, there's not really any firsts. There, uh, this episode just keeps on not giving anything. Apparently, David Fury, speaking of snake monsters, uh, initially envisioned this demon as like uh, a bug. He said like an amorphous bug-like creature. And then apparently it was Marty Noxon's call to trot out a snake demon again. Uh, and it was her idea to also have Glory go to the zoo to find it. So thanks. I mean, I do appreciate the zoo throwback for sure. Sobek apparently was actually a real Egyptian god, but he took the form of a crocodile. He probably did the like crocodile head thing. They like to do people bodies, animal heads, right? So it's probably just his head. And the only other thing I can say of note, which is not actually about the show, really, other than is uh, gliomas. Gliomas are a real thing. So when he, the doctor said low-grade glioma, uh, it's a cancer that affects the glial cells in the brain and spinal cords, which are the like uh, supporting tissue of the brain. 
and they are very slow growing, so people can have them for years without any symptoms. So I don't know if we can actually blame this on the monks. I think this is just good old cancer, yes. you know. So what? Well, we can, good old cancer. Yeah. Um, the true villain. Yeah, I mean honestly. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that's a true statement. Your mother has the term is low grade glioma. It's a brain tumor. Clinical name is oligodendroglioma. It's in the left hemisphere of the cerebrum. In your mother's case, the tumor seems to have started. It hasn't spread. Well, I guess there's nothing else to do except for ask you uh, how you like this episode, Stacia. <laughs> <sighs> yep. uh, there's nothing really to talk about. I don't know. I mean, the monster is not great. And I don't know if it's bugged anyone else, but it's always bugged me. How is the monster who doesn't appear to be able to speak, how is he or it or she or they or I don't know what the right pronoun is, but how does that monster convey where Dawn's location is to Glory? Was the snake just, like, going to grab her by the hand and, like, they were just going to, like, walk through the town as the snake led her back to Dawn? I don't understand. Well, it appears that it can talk... Telepathically? That's the word. Telepathically? Yeah, because when Glory first summons it and they're in the zoo, she says, search for in the holy places, seek it out, you know where to look, and is acting as though it's it's talking to her, even though it's not saying anything. Is it? I mean, I felt like it. I think she was just giving an instruction. Did it? And yeah. then was waiting for it to yeah. leave and it didn't. I don't know. I got the vibe that he was like, that he didn't understand, that there was a, a communicative problem between glory like i thought that was going to be the thing like that the the monster wasn't going to be able to figure it out and then like leave i i didn't know what was going to happen because i didn't know that glory and him could really talk so i don't know can't confirm we're going to say that it can't talk because we're just going to dunk on this episode another problem with this episode terrible episode anyway if it was telepathic then i feel like he could have immediately been like yo i found the key it does seem like that that you wouldn't have oh, to be yeah. in the same room. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Telepathy is like Bluetooth. You have to be within a 30-foot yeah. range. <laughs> they never tell you that. He was within a 30-foot range. He was right he below was. her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess he was, he was on the, basically the front yard of the yeah. giant mansion. Right? Yeah, like the right below yard. her window. Yeah. And she's looking out the window like, hmm, when will my snake demon ever come? <laughs> Oh, geez. Well, and like right behind that is like drag has been he's like hanging like she strung him up. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, do we ever see this guy again? Like, oh, yeah, he did. did not come out well at do the we end of see this. Him or like, just all I got to say. Other minions like so him. The, the main minion is Jinx, uh, which is not drag. But I think we see drag again. I think. I don't know. They all look the same really? to me. They're like wow. creepy. Oompa Loompas. Jeez. Am I right, Giles? I'm almost certain you're not. But to be fair, I wasn't listening. Uh. Daniel, what did you think about this episode of television? This episode was really stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I like Buffy episodes that put bad stuff into fun episodes. But this was a f- this was a good, good plot stuff. Like with Joyce, that's all good. We're continuing Riley, which we all want to be over. So thank God it's happening. Um, <laughs> but the episode fucking sucked. God, another snake monster. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they went with Snake for the fourth. I mean, thing. Marty Noxon. They could have gone with anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe Marty was like, "Yeah, this is good. Let's do a Snake Monster." So not great. Yeah, yeah I uh, I also did not enjoy this episode. It felt like um, 
I feel like a CW show in the worst way. I mean, I know I constantly dunk on CW shows, and I'm sorry. And I, I know sometimes it's not deserved, maybe, but like everything was bad about it. You know, like early on in the show, I try to put my finger on what makes this show stand out uh, for all the other genre shows like it. Why do I like this show so much? Why does it seem so much better than all the other things? And I feel like this episode really takes you out of it. Um, and it's it, the writing isn't the best, but it's like. Yeah. The thing you can hold on to is Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting. That's consistent. Um, and that's about it for this episode. Like, the, the almost nothing happens. And the monster sucks. And the jokes are clunky. It's yeah. just poor. So I think they just misfired on every element. They were just saved by Sarah Michelle Gellar. And, I mean, Christine Sutherland. They, they, they all do a great yeah. job with this episode. But, like, it's a, it's a bummer. It's not a good one for sure. Um, I wanted to go back in time and say sorry to Joyce almost because Christine Sutherland, when she almost cried when she first got the diagnosis, was so good that yeah. I just wanted that Joyce. And I wanted to feel sad, and I did, and then I remembered everything else. And then Dawn <laughs> sitting there talking about her carousel, which we'll get into later, brought me right back down to earth. Joyce, not a great mom. Mom, what did they find? A shadow. I've got a shadow somewhere over there. He showed it to me, but... Um... I mean, we can't... It's it's easy. I also want to... I mean, But I'm the biggest Joyce apologist, so I have no legs to stand on here. But I, I feel like it's extra hard to not conflate the Joyce is a terrible mom with we feel bad for Joyce. Which yeah. I will continue to do uh, whenever I want to. So... This episode, because, again, of the aforementioned lack of stuff going on, we can really only talk about kind of in our character interactions. And I would say that maybe this episode is more about Riley than anyone else. Um, I mean, obviously, we're dealing with Buffy's family and mom and cancer stuff, but Riley kind of takes the the second-place supporting actor role in this episode. All of our friends are just kind of chilling in the magic box. So before we even get into that, we have a scene. I don't know if you remember it, because I barely do, with Spike. Spike is in this oh, episode. Yeah. Oh, I remember. It's one of my two notes. <laughs> Were you just smelling her sweater? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, all right, I did. Right. It's a predator thing. Nothing wrong with it. Just know your enemy's scent. Wet the appetite for a hunt. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> it's the stuff. Slayer musk is... Bitter and aggravated. Does he come back from this? I mean, like, this is objectively creepy. And this doesn't bother... Stacia, you're an ardent defender of Spike, especially in his relationship with, with Buffy, in that it's better than the Angel one, which I'll give you. But, like, this guy is sniffing sweaters and stealing panties. Like, your your response, your defense. I don't have one. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that this was the best episode where... If I was Riley, I would have been pushed over the limit and I would have staked him right there and put him underneath, uh, like dusted him out and put him underneath the couch and yeah. pretended I never saw him since, you know, yeah. Fool for Love. or Why doesn't or he not do that? For, it would have been family. Yeah, family. I saw him at the fucking uh, Magic Box the last time I saw him. So, yeah. I don't know. I had that thought, too. That's so funny. Like, well, specifically when they're downstairs when he's about to, like, leave, when he's, like, kind of throws him out in the sun. I was like, why not just kill him? Like, I get that Buffy would be bad, but you don't have to tell her that you did it. No. Right? I mean, that is very much not Riley. 
I'm the good guy. But, I mean, clearly he's got a dark side. Mm. Uh, so why doesn't he just kill him? Why hasn't he killed him before? And I, I get the only reason you can come up with is that Buffy would be mad at him. Also, does Riley ever tell Buffy that Spike was stealing her underwear? No, he must not. I don't think he does. No, no, he definitely doesn't because there's a scene in Blood Ties or some or another episode later in the season where um, Buffy accuses Don of stealing her sweater, but, yeah. but Spike stole it. So I would think that if Riley had told mm. her, she'd be like, ew, Spike stole my sweater. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Anyway, well, bye, Spike. That's the only scene that he's in. I don't know. I have to say it reflects as badly on Riley as it does on Spike now. Because he didn't tell her? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to know if there was a vampire sniffing around your room? Yeah. And, again, I if mean, you're not Riley... telling her he was in a room. Like, that seems crazy to not say Spike was in your fucking room, in your house, Why the bro? fuck was Spike in your room sniffing your clothes, Buffy? Yeah. And, and she's like, what? <laughs> maybe that would give her the push she needs to just kill the dude. Or let Riley kill him. Shit. Yeah. Or at least de-invite him. Yes. He does get de-invited, but not until much later. Good. Yeah. Um... Okay, so the other thing is obviously the the summers, the summers ladies, gals. What's another word? Women. Broads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Women, young, nubile, exciting. Each one a mystery waiting to be unlocked. Thinking I'm gonna show? Cause the party be lame if we lock for hotties. Okay. This doesn't really matter, but since, again, there's nothing to talk about in this episode, we <laughs> open with Joyce going in to an MRI machine, not a CAT scan, not yes. a CT scan. Um, so, mm. I don't, but then later the doctor's talking to Buffy and he does say, does the insurance company need a pre-approval for the MRI or whatever? So either we mm. just wanted we the CAT that. scan joke, so we used whatever piece of machinery we could get our hands on and just did it so we could do the CAT scan joke, uh, or they did both. They, they did the CT scan the night before, and then they decided they needed more imaging, and then they did that, too. Who knows? Not a big deal. Is the joke when Dawn said about the cat, is that yeah. the joke you're talking to? I know. What? I mean, I'm that, really taking liberties okay. with the word joke here, and I apologize. But, yeah. yes, that's what I mean. Tough, tough stuff. Okay. I think that the Buffy and Dawn, obviously, is very adorable. Her, like, getting frustrated and her being like, stop talking about cat scans and then being like, it's okay. We're both really sad and I get that you need to do this to, like, deal with your life. We, I mean, I have never personally had anybody close to me that had cancer or struggle with cancer. Um, other than one of our close friends, her, her mother recently passed away from cancer. And it's, like, such a, a brutal, terrible thing, which is why, I, you know, the only thing to do is defensively joke about stuff like this because it hurts your feelings. Um, but I yeah. think that Sarah Michelle Gellar is just, like, incredible. The way that she can half cry especially at the end of the episode where she's just almost crying the whole time she's talking to Riley. It's just mm -hmm. incredible. How do you do that? How do you get to the verge of tears and not cry? I mean, uh, she's done it now so many times that it's like, this is probably easy. This is child's play for her. This yeah. is a real sad subject. She doesn't have to cry about like some dwarf that fell down a hole or something, whatever <laughs> the rest of the show has been about. Like, yeah, like it's just, she can do that on the top tip of a hat. So like, why not do this? Like, it's wonderful. She's so good. And yeah. once again, carries it all and like makes it incredibly watchable. This whole terrible episode. Do you want me to stay? No, I'm fine. I, I think I should talk to Don alone. Okay. Oh, do I have bad hair? 
I don't look like a scary mom, do I? No. You look beautiful. Okay. Let's do this. Um, I wanted to ask both of you, but I guess Stacia more specifically. So, because, you know, we both went into this season four and for you season four never ended because of our good friend mm. riley correct what makes you angriest about his current friend like oh oh here let me ask you a specific question one because you said this while you were watching it and i never really considered this you said he's just gonna go cheat on you again after he got bit by the vampire you think this is cheating what he did with that vampire i mean i think it's an allegory for it yeah and i thought that too right like this is an easy allegory for he's going to have sex with some random girl at a bar but like we've done that we've done the a cheating storyline before like so why not just go there if that's what it was supposed to be about i guess do you think it's supposed to be like cheating for Riley to get closer to that dark side like that's what it's supposed to be about and like it wouldn't mm. be do it if he was just sleeping around because like that's not going to get Buffy's goat like getting a vampire to bite you will um i mean i think i think partially it's because Riley keeps hearing this refrain of like oh Buffy isn't as tortured over you as she has she was over Angel and you know Spike echoes it and says she likes her boys sometimes bump you in the foreheads and um like this constant refrain of you're never going to be like bad enough for her and then that combined with like what is her draw towards vampires like what is it about them that she seems to like because he seems to think on some level it's all vampires and it's not just angel oh you think that's what he's thinking yeah i think he said things like that in the past that have implied that well and spike was definitely like getting his goat by being like you know it's uh she likes us like us being vampires yeah so i I think you know you'd have that like maybe curiosity about like what it is what is it about vampires and i don't i can't remember now that i'm thinking about it if he knows that angel's bitten her before but that might be a thing too like i feel like you'd be like questioning he knows dracula did right take off that scarf what no you're under the thrall of the dark prince um, yeah, so she's been bit by multiple vampires. He's probably mm-hmm. just like, well, what the fuck is up with that, Buffy? Why do you keep getting... I don't know. So I think, yes, it's definitely an allegory for cheating. And it's definitely something that's not just, like, unique to this show, but is a general theme of, like, vampirism and sex and, like, blood. And oh, sure, yeah. All of that stuff, exchanging of bodily fluids, a little yep. penetration. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. Hey, I'm just saying. There was no penetration. Riley just wants to feel like he's worthy of Buffy. And he doesn't know how to, and he's having sad feelings about it. Do you think that's it? Do you, I, see, I took it as he's just like, he's, he's like an it. emo guy that's too scared to cut himself. So he just wants to feel pain. Wow. Oh, I don't never no, took it like disagree. that. Hard disagree. Um, another question about that. Mm. Do you think, Daniel, both of you, uh, that he would go through with it? That like at that moment, maybe like turning into a vampire. Do you think oh. one that was in his head at all, and two oh. that he would ever do it? I don't think he ever considered it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that he wants to be a vampire. I think that he's just mad about Buffy liking vampires. And I I don't I think he must know that if he became a vampire, 
she just wouldn't automatically like him. Like deep down, I think he knows that it's something else. It's not mm-hmm. just vampire stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think he just wants to know how it feels almost to be able to like throw it in her face dramatically if the time ever came. Cause then it's like, I've done it too. It's not a big deal. F you. I'm out of here. I mean, Mic drop. <clears throat> definitely that. I don't think he ever wanted to be a vampire. I mean, he starts out the, his character arc thinking like vampires are, you know, subterrestrial, whatever that he calls them. Like they're Hostile not even subterrestrials. Yeah. They're not even like, um, like sentient beings to him almost. They're like, you know, like trees right. or something that just like a bug that needs to be stamped out. So I, I can't imagine that he's gone. I know he said that he was an anarchist and that was supposed to be like a big turning point <laughs> for him or whatever. But I don't imagine that it was such a big change that he's gone from thinking they're like, you know, not even worth considering to like, I want to be a vampire. Um, yeah. But he's also, it's not just Buffy. I mean, Buffy's definitely, like, heightening it. But he's like, what am I now? I'm not part of the initiative. I don't trust them. I can't go back there. I don't really fit into Buffy's world. I don't know how to make myself useful. Like, he has that thing where he's supposed to go with the Scoobies to kill that vampire nest. And then he just blows them up in the middle of the night. I think, you know, he's, like, playing on this edge of, like... I can take care of myself. I don't need anyone else. And to put himself in a vulnerable position with a vampire and then be able to kill the vampire probably feels pretty like powerful and good to him when otherwise mm-hmm. he feels like he doesn't have that. Mm. Every day was like the end of the world. She doesn't get all worked up like that over you. Yeah, in uh, Into the Woods, uh, when we discover, when our friends discover Riley's dark and twisted side, isn't that the gross thing they say in... in uh, Maybe. What's it called? The show about the hospital with the lady, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, she's dark and twisty. <laughs> yeah. Dark and yeah, twisty. Yeah. So Riley's dark and twisty. Instead of bright and shiny. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, anyway. You guys yeah. are such haters. Grey's Anatomy is great. <laughs> At least the early seasons. In Into the Woods, when we find out, he says, when Buffy confronts him about it, uh, that he wanted, he just wanted to feel needed. They needed something from me, mm-hmm. Buffy. Unlike you, who just does whatever she wants and, yeah. and doesn't need me for anything, you know, other to be like an errand boy, which uh, I think. Well, that plays out in this episode for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. every time we see Riley, he is sad, 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 sad. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do is, even though he's not, he definitely isn't the type to be like, Buffy, I know your mom is sick, but Jesus, you need to give me attention. He does <laughs> want that attention. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants that more than anything else, or just to be included. I mean, I think that that alienation is truly the thing driving him. And, you know, what do you do with that? Obviously go and get sucked by vampires. So, <laughs> I mean, he's always had this weird competition thing with Buffy. And I think he definitely sees himself as being better than the Scoobies. I don't think he would ever quantify it in that way. Mm-hmm. But when, like... In the last season when he says, oh, my gosh, I don't even know if I could take you, Buffy. And it's like, of course you can't. That's the point. She's a superhero, you, like, silly boy. He doesn't He doesn't seem to recognize, like, she goes off to fight the snake demon or whatever, and he's mad. But it's like, none of the rest of the Scoobies were invited. This wasn't her leaving you out, Riley, specifically. It was her doing right. her thing because she is the Slayer. So I don't think he's ever going to be able to accept that, which is, you know, just kind of the crux of the whole problem. True. Well, I think Riley does a good job in this episode doing two things. 
one, whether or not he wants the attention or, like, is sad because Buffy's not needing him in the way that he wants to feel needed, he does take care of everything she asks. Like, he shows up at the hospital. He's like, anything you need. Like, he's being supportive guy. He's doing his best. And two, he hangs out with Don. He takes Don on a little little fair trip. When, okay, I, quick question. What the hell? He was supposed to take her to school. And we know she ends up at school at some point because when we go to the magic box for the sad montage, Don, like Buffy's like, Don's on your way to you to Giles, uh, you know, from school. Okay, so somewhere between in the daylight, Dawn is at the fair and then she go- ends up at school and then goes to the magic box. I don't think she ever went to school. Riley is being a super cool dude. Really, I mean, like, let's skip school. Like, I feel bad for this kid. She doesn't know yet, but her world's about to change. Let me get her some ice cream. Let's sit and talk about the carnival and the carousel. Like, I that's awesome. I'm glad he did that. No, it's great. Nice that's what I'm saying. Riley points. Mm. Instead of taking Dawn to school when she's all sad, let's go have a fun, fun time at the carnival with the carousel. And I bet he was like, "Hey, do you know facts about the carousel?" And Dawn was like, "No, because I'm not Stacia. Stacia, tell me facts about carousels." <laughs> Okay. That was perfect. <laughs> All right. So carousels. Also known as... No, they're not also known as... Carousels. Uh, Let me start over. Merry-go-rounds. Yeah, merry-go-rounds. Yeah, merry-go-rounds. No, okay, so this is the thing. Carousels and merry-go-rounds are not the same thing. Okay. Damn it. A merry-go-round is a thing you find on a playground that's just a metal, metal wheel. wheel sideways. Oh. That you sit on and other mm-hmm. kids push you around. Yeah. That uh-huh. is also known as a roundabout in yield no. Britain. Yeah. But come on, guys. You can't call it a roundabout. A roundabout is a thing that cars go on. It's not a child's toy. Cars weren't around back in yield Britain, Kelly. Come on. Maybe we're also, doing it wrong. yield Britain uses the wrong words for lots of things. Let's not even talk about how they call costumes fancy dress. Uh, candy floss. That's amazing. Instead of cotton candy. When you hear candy floss, do you not think of shoelaces, like like licorice shoelaces? I do not think of... Hundreds and thousands. Oh, yeah, hundreds and thousands. I mean, that one's pretty great. I will give them that. Yeah. Anyway, okay. carousels, which are not merry-go-rounds. Okay, so carousels are what you see at fairs, not playgrounds. That's what Riley and Don were at. That's what Riley and Don were at. And they have a deep, yeah. long history, which I'm going to quickly sprint over to talk about the French Revolution, which has nothing to do with carousels. Yes. <laughs> So the word carousel comes from the Italian word garosello and the Spanish word carosella, which means little battle. (laughs) And this dates back to like the 12th century. Basically, dudes on horseback were like, you know, what's like really cool and shows that like I'm a really good dude on horseback is like, what if we ride in a circle and I throw a ball back and forth to another really good dude on horseback? Whoa. So, wow. That was like a jousting nightly thing that happened in Europe. <laughs> Isn't that the entire sport of polo? No, there's like golf clubs involved. Anyway, continue. I don't, I don't know anything about polo. Um, so that that was like the 12th century-ish. This happens, keeps happening until around the 17th century-ish. The balls turn into rings and you get a spear and you have to put the spear through the rings and pull them off. I don't know. It's kind of irrelevant, except for the fact that apparently people were like, Woo, that looks really fun. I want to do that. (laughs) But not everyone was like really good dudes on horseback, I guess. So we started making, and by we I mean people in Europe, started making (laughs) 
game versions. I mean, not that this wasn't already a war game, but a game of a war game for people who weren't gonna be in war to play. Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so the earliest versions of a carousel were, and they still exist in Ferris today, although they aren't carousels. Basically, they're the things where you have like ropes hanging off a circle and you sit in a little basket at the end of the rope and then the circle wheel spins and you sort of fling out from centrifugal force and you just sort of fly out sideways and you go in a little circle and then you get dizzy. That was yeah. that. And basically they powered that with animals. And one of the first ones was in Place du Carousel in France. Wait, the town's called? No, that was a square. It's in Paris. Oh, okay. It's where the Arc de Triomphe is now. So this was one of the first examples of, like, a carousel that, like, people would go and have fun with, like, not real horses. They were made-up made, made up horses. And in my, in my attempt to figure out what exactly this specific carousel was, because it's referenced in the Wikipedia article, which is really the most research that I did on this, I couldn't find anything. I did find interesting information about Place du Carousel, which is a, a place in Paris, still named that because, you know, things don't okay. change there. Um, and my favorite, aside from the factoid about the Arc de Triomphe, is that there were two people executed in the square. In Carousel Square. In Carousel Square. Where there's not actually Carousel. There was at one point. Oh, okay, sorry. There yeah. is no longer. Okay, gotcha. But there was at one point a carousel. I, know I was trying to figure out if, when, where this carousel happened, when it happened. I think it happened around the same time, but not exactly at the same time. These two executions happened during the French Revolution in the 18th century. So, Arnand II de la Porte. Beautiful. French Revolution. The king was dick. People were like, stop being a dick, man. And he ends up getting, like, captured and he gets put in jail. Anyways, at some point, he's like, hey, people that are still loyal to me, come work for me and do my bidding so that I can win this revolution thing. Arnaud was someone who gambled and lost and decided to support the king. So the king gives him a bunch of money to fund his, like, revolutionary, anti-revolutionary activities or whatever. Doesn't work out. He gets caught and he is the second person ever guillotined. In August of 1792. Is this the same guy you talked about, Daniel? If it's, if it's Louis the 16th. Yeah, Louis the 16th. Yep. Is the guy that Arnaud was doing favors for. So anyways, okay. they thought, nice. this guy, king, they're like besties. You know what would be really wonderful and brighten up the king's stay in our torture chamber on his birthday is if we present his head to him. <laughs> so that's what they did. Nice. The second... <laughs> Second execution that happens in Place du Carousel is Jacques Cazote. Cazote? I don't know. I don't know French. I'm so sorry. He was a part of the Illuminati, and at some point he decided that he had the power of prophecy, mm. and he foretold a bunch of stuff that happened in the French Revolution before it happened. Um, people got really freaked out. He had a bunch of letters that, I guess, were very incendiary. They found them, arrested him. He briefly escaped, hiding with his sister. They found him again, arrested him again, and cut off his head in September of 1972. Or 1792. 
1972. <laughs> before before he was a prophet of the Illuminati, he was um, a children's fairy tale book author. Oh, well, that's nice. He wrote wow. uh, the book called The Cat's Paw. Oh, that's sweet. And then he just went that's crazy adorable. and started seeing the future, I guess. Neat. So, anyways, that brings us to <laughs> modern day carousels. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so in the 18th century, we get carousels that aren't just like bucket seats, as far as I can tell. They're like actual animals that people could sit on. I mean, not real animals, but like animal facsimiles. Nothing else really changes. 19th century, they begin to look like modern day carousels. They have horses with the poles that go through them that we see now. They also have um, lights added, and the poles eventually start going up and down. This guy named Frederick Savage did all of this crazy stuff that's what we think of as iconic for carousels now. He also, when he was building them, put um, organs in the center, so there was music that went along with them. And these, um, instead of being animal-powered or sometimes human-powered, they were Mm steam-powered. And I found this really amazing quote of this guy who went to, like, the first steam-powered carousel that said that it was a roundabout of huge proportions driven by a steam engine which whirled around with such impetuosity that the wonder is the daring riders are not shot off like cannonball and driven half into the middle of next month. (laughs) Wow. Five miles an hour, people. Yep. It's incredible. So carousels basically had their heyday in like the 20th century. Um, the U.S. got really into them, and we had a couple different versions. There was the Coney Island version, which had horses with like really bejeweled saddles and were kind of fantastical. And then the really boring Philadelphia version. Sorry, Philadelphia. That was basically normal horses and realistic-looking saddles. Yeah. And um, that brings us to today which Kelly gave me a special side. Mm-hmm. It's not about carousels. We're going back to roundabouts yeah. or merry-go-rounds, as Americans would call them. Merry-go-rounds. Carousels. Not which interchangeable, is... but in my head they were, so that's why we're going to learn this back. Oh. Yeah. So we're back We're to playground land now. There's this thing <laughs> that started in 2009 on YouTube. Guys, if you see something on YouTube, don't feel like you need to recreate it, especially this one. <laughs> it's called... The merry-go-round or the roundabout of death. The roundabout of death. Yeah, so basically you lay a motorcycle down on the ground <sighs> so that uh, no. the wheel is touching the yeah, yeah. the base of the merry-go-round, and then you put a child on the merry-go-round, and then you rev the motorcycle so that it powers okay. the merry-go-round <laughs> like a horrible okay. hell-inspired version of a steam-powered carousel, I guess. Um, yeah. This is bad. <laughs> I guess it has like the G force that only like extreme pilots in the Air Force and astronauts, like yeah, really fast planes experience. Um, this little eleven-year-old boy was put on one of these roundabouts of death in Britain in 2018 um, as a bullying thing. They were like older teenagers bullying him. Anyways, they did this to him. He was unconscious by the time they stopped it. And he had bulging eyes. Like his eyes literally from the force oh. like popped out of his face. He had like brain swelling and like tons of bruising. And he almost had a stroke, I guess. And I guess the doctors were just like, we don't even know how to treat this. I don't, we don't know what this is. We've never seen this before. So 
I think he made it. I God. couldn't find any news articles about like follow up, but he was like super messed up. So guys, be safe. The picture is gnarly. It's real gross. Don't look it up. Yeah. It's real gross. Do we think that Joyce did that to Dawn and Buffy's party? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hey. 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 Amir, your hay is a stumbling in, in pretty much the state. You sold someone a cold amulet and a Sobekian bloodstone. Are you stupid or something? Well, I went to answer that question with a fiery. Uh, thank you for that. I, I want to know what would have been amazing is if they guillotined the king on a merry-go-round. That would have mm. been particularly awesome. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of where we were going, but yeah, if only we had not. motorcycles. Also, you also you said 1972 by accident, but I, I think did. the last guillotining did uh, took place in the 1970s. I think like really? 1971, 72. Oh, so, yep. And then they got rid of it for good. So. I did find one instance of a carousel that actually killed someone because they were electrocuted on it. Oh, shit. So, anyways, it See, really is, is like the carousel of death. Donna's staring into her mother's imminent demise. Oh, no. Ooh. Not her mom. Not her mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Always a bright side. Oh, man. Uh, uh. Gosh. If... Um, if there's anyone listening that wants to tell us uh, about how insensitive we're being about the subject of cancer or the image that we put into their faces about this poor boy with his face being swollen and his eyes being totally messed up, please add us. Beat me pod everywhere. <laughs> Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. You can also find us uh, uh, on our website, which is beatmepod.wordpress.com. That'll contain all the show notes. Hey, maybe we'll put that terrifying picture of that child on there. We definitely won't. Um, no, we will not. And if you're into music... Hey, any music that we play during the show and any music that's played in the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, has all been compiled for you nicely on a Spotify playlist called Beat Me Hyphen Funtime Playlist for podcast fans, season five. Uh, subscribe to that if you like music and this podcast. Uh, but that's not what we're really here to continue to talk about. We're here to talk about yelling. What am I, when I say talk? I mean, yeah, we're here to yell about yelling. Magic Box. The address of the Magic Box is 5124 Maple Court. Hell Yeah. Downtown Sunnydale, 805-555-8966 for all your magic needs. I forget Death what charms. the slogan is. Occult, I think. Yes. Maybe. Your one-stop spot to shop for all your occult needs. Catchy. I think so. Uh-huh, in a hard-to-read sort of way, but I think it's great. Oh. I know we were talking about why Riley hasn't killed Spike yet, but... And I know the answer is because the plot demands it, but like, why doesn't Glory just kill Buffy at the zoo? And why doesn't yeah. um, why doesn't the snake just take Dawn? 
Why is the goal? I'm just going to tell Glory where it is. By the time the snake gets back, she might not be in that location. But I guess the snake is supposed to tell her, again, telepathy that may not exist aside. I guess it's just supposed to be like, I know what the key is. It's this little girl. And then Glory can go and find the Dawn. But still, just take her. Pick her up with your fucked up static snake arms and take her. I mean, does... The key is probably powerful, right? So, like, the snake is probably... I don't... I'm not in this business. I'm in the business of finding and telepathically telling people once I'm in Bluetooth signal what's going on. (laughs) Maybe. And I feel like this is above my pay grade. I mean, that's all you can assume, right? Because it's like... If he thinks that the key is more powerful than it is, I mean, it's just a little girl, but he doesn't know that, what a little girl is. So I'm sure he's like, oh, this, she's screaming. Oh, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Fair okay. Enough. But also, I mean, it's all I can his assume. mission was to find, not to retrieve. Correct. And Correct. to the point of why didn't Gloria just kill Buffy? One, she thinks slayers are incredibly common, so Buffy is beneath her. And two, she doesn't know Buffy's protecting True. the key. She doesn't know Buffy's involved at all. Yeah, but why not kill her anyway? I mean, I guess Gloria doesn't really make a habit of making corpses. She mostly just sucks people's brains no. out. Yeah, why didn't she suck Buffy's No, I think out? she's just go. like, this This chick is here to fight me. She fights everybody. What a gadfly. I need to get this fly out of my way. But yeah, you're right. She doesn't like go out of her way to kill everything. So, uh, But if she did see her down there, which I thought she was going to, and I was like, oh no, already? We're only like eight episodes into the season. But thankfully she didn't see Buffy down there, because if she did, then she would have known. Or not known, but like know you know what's going on a little bit or you know have more of a reason to kill her for sure like oh you are yeah reason to kill her innocent. and maybe it's like yeah that's true yeah what's a little sweater sniffing between sworn enemies <sighs> <sighs> it's not good Mm-mm. it's not good it's also during the day i mean it's a bad look because it's also during the day i mean i know you have to do it because she's not there but spike you're risking your freaking life yeah he's, just to smell a sweater tragic yeah it's going real bad for him I don't feel bad for him. Especially after the highs of Fool for Love. He is yeah. Creep. Yeah. Uh-uh. And I think this fits Fool for Love. I don't think this denigrates it in any way. Spike is always a creep and is was a creep then is still a creep now and will continue to be one. So. That's true. I love the doctor asking for info on Joyce's uh, lifestyle and home environment as if there is one. Uh, <laughs> asking if that does she use a cell phone? And then Buffy was like, it's funny because we all have AirPods now and like we talk like this. But like, yeah, there's like Back in the day, I mean, she said the ones you use for your ear, right? She's talking about, like, those old, big phones that you use connected to your ear. Is that right? I mean, I'm thinking she's probably just a big, like, headset. There used to be headsets where it, like, goes over your head. Like headsets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that's what she, that used to be what okay, a hands-free well, was, was, like, a big-ass headset. Um, but it was still a headphone jack, as far as I know. I don't I don't actually know that. Yeah. I don't I don't know either. I mean, the cell phones back then were so primitive. Uh and then I love the the house near power lines. Hilarious. Chemical plants or waste disposal facilities as if all of Sunnydale isn't like right next door to literally everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that hospital is next to a nuclear waste facility. Right. Like <laughs> everyone is. Have you been to the docks? It's a mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you near the docks? Because that's probably why you have cancer. I, the whole time. I- Are you near churches for monks in Eastern European church? That's by why you have cancer. <laughs> I was, uh, the whole time I was like, we should definitely wait till Joyce is awake and ask her these questions because Buffy does not know. Uh, but right. she was going to be unconscious She's clearly shell-shocked. for another seven hours. Ooh, speaking of, Stacia asked um, while we were watching, when Buffy's getting the bad news, uh, she has tinnitus for a second. All the uh, sound fades out and you just, she just hears like the high oh, pitch. Yeah. 
And Stacia was like, oh my God, that's such a trope in TV. Like every time someone's getting bad news, they do that. They do like the fade out, but also specifically the high pitched beep thing. And she was like, does that ever happen to you? And I was like, no, I mean, I've had tinnitus and I've had like when you're stressed out, you kind of like people, you know, stuff just washes over you, but never at the same time. Has that ever happened to you? Where like you're in a stressful. I've moment? had the high pitch. Well, yeah, noise. yeah, but well, not I'm nothing in this. I've never. I don't, can't think of a stressful moment where I just no. Where you just like faded out and tinnitus happened to you? No. Well, I looked it up. Apparently, no. It's such a trope, though. I mean, so many. Yeah, shows. it happens on a billion TV shows, and apparently tinnitus can be brought on by stress, and apparently it can be a, like a cyclical yeah. thing too, where your tinnitus is stressing you out, so it stresses you out more, oh, so you no. have more tinnitus, and it's like, whoa, that sounds uh. like a fucking nightmare. Stacia brought up another great point. Oh Man, God. I wish that we uh, were recording us while we're watching the show because just fireballs. You never write them down. So I got to bring <laughs> I them up. up. I let them out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't we make Joyce a vampire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or why hasn't oh. anyone really thought about that before, right? Like, why not just make her a vampire and ensoul her? Not keep her crazy Game and treasure. evil, but like. We know the Gypsy Curse guys. Sorry. We know the Romani Curse guys. We know uh, how to, you know, we know a friendly vampire who will go ahead and bite you, although he might not be able to. Who? Spike. Spike? Yeah. You could take, go away. Call Angel. Call Angel. I'm just saying, that's a legit question. I think that Buffy, well, she was quick to be like, let's find a magical cure for mom. Um, have you thought about vampires? It's right in the name of the job description. And mm-hmm. it didn't even... She thinks about it. vampires all the time, if you ask Riley. Yeah, so. no shit. <laughs> That's a great question. I I feel like they would just have a... Like, for no reason, a moral compunction, right? Because they're supposed to hate them as enemies. But, but clearly, Buffy's kind of, like, coming on to it. Like, obviously, she dated Angel, and then she will Spike. So it does seem crazy. Maybe, maybe it's... I wonder if that's something she thinks about later. Like, we should have done that. Oh, maybe. I'm, I mean, I I'm sure it's all too unseemly, right? Like, we can't make mom a vampire. It is unseemly. We can't do that. I mean, that would be better than trying to raise her corpse back from the grave. Yeah. Like Dawn does. Yeah. How is she supposed to run the gallery if well, she can and... only be there at night? <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's... But, yeah, no, I don't... But then she lives forever, so it kind of does the opposite, where Buffy then will die, and Joyce then never got to choose, and would definitely choose no. Yeah. And she then has to stay alive forever, right? I mean, that's that's not great. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly probably. You could ask her though. I mean, you should at least ask her. I think so. If she wants to be a vampire, right? Because it's not like she's in a coma. It's rude not, it's she, rude not she, to. She couldn't. She could make the choice herself. Yeah. So she definitely can. Whatever. Um, I hate Riley's turtleneck. It's great. I hate it. Oh, so I hate good. it. I hate it. He cheated on Buffy. He doesn't want her to know. He's wearing his turtleneck of shame. And he should be ashamed. He's yeah. a bad boyfriend. His, he's wearing forest green for his boyfriend that he lost, oh, and he's cool. clearly in, and he's clearly in initiative mode. He's wearing the turtleneck that Forest also forest green for Forest, turtleneck for Forest. <laughs> he is back. I mean, honestly, when he showed up, I was like, that dude's in the initiative again. That, I mean, it is like his D- army come on, shirt, Buffy, you know this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're naturally inclined to talk too much. Never. Then get with the kissing. I just to go back to the to the tenth birthday party for Dawn. Um, they, as Dawn says, she just moved to town. So Joyce, in her infinite wisdom, said, "We're going to throw a party for you and all of your friends that you cannot possibly have yet." <laughs> they rented it out for one hour. That's fine. 
But it's just imagine that one hour where every other kid is watching Buffy Dawn. <laughs> now, that is also, can you imagine, too, being like 10 years old? The monks had to make a memory for those people. So they have a memory of these, the one mom and the two daughters <laughs> oh riding the thing for an hour straight. So that's a whole uh, problem for me. And it just kind of like then leads me to more stuff where it's like, did they do like Buffy would have this memory as well. Right. So the monks must have thought that Joyce does this stuff. Right. Because she's a good mom. So she definitely did something like this for her daughter, Buffy. But no, Buffy would be like, I never have a memory like this because my mom never did this for me. <laughs> but Dawn always has these fun stuff. And the monks are like, damn it. I thought Joyce was a good mom. <laughs> and then it gets me just to go into my another thing I noted down after she said it was they also implanted memories of Dawn with Angel. Yeah. Like and Buffy crying all the time. It's like, how the fuck do the monks know about Angel <laughs> and give Dawn this like straight agency to start spouting off about this stuff she couldn't possibly know? No, I cannot believe what I just heard. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you really can't pull the, me. the memories of Dawn slash Dawn's memories thread because it's like immediately too huge. It's just too huge. Well, and it could have really been a formative moment for the people that went to the carnival that day and couldn't ride the carousel. <sighs> and they were like, man, when I have my own kids, I am never, ever going to treat them like this. So... Like, it could have really meant, meant something to the other citizens of Sunnydale. It's a big deal. The, yeah, there were, th there, were, there were three little boys there who wanted to get on, and they later joined a gang called the Trio, and that's how <laughs> Tara dies. Oh, so oh, no! that didn't happen. Oh, no! So, uh, oh, man. I mean, it's <laughs> Joyce is a terrible mom. What did we say? Wow. Wow. I love being able yeah. to pin... Tara's death on Joyce. That is the best <laughs> leap of all time. <laughs> it's my favorite leap. Bruce's miscalculation for a 10-year-old's birthday party in a <laughs> And it's not even her. It's the monks who made up a fake memory. But it's like, if we're all deciding that that reality was real, then Joyce has to take the heat. She has to take the blame. She really does. I get it. It's fair. Yeah. I, I just... I just have to mention the... Uh, that montage, the sad piano music montage of Riley and Don and Buffy is one of the worst moments I've ever seen on the show. Uh, it's egregious yeah. and terrible. A lot of times watching this, because I've watched it like three times um, this weekend, I, I found myself being like, wow, they, they just had 43 minutes to fill. And they really just yeah. were like, fuck it, we'll linger on this, we'll make some bullshit montage, we'll just fill this space with words that don't really mean anything. Why don't we have her punch a snake to death? Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just really... No, that piano music, the piano music was only better because after it was over and we see Riley and he's all bit and everything, it instantly without skipping a beat cuts to that snake flying through the, like the yard or whatever. Like the, doo -doo 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 -doo, the music just like jumps up and it's like, you're looking at this terrible CG snake, like floating <laughs> through the grass. It was absolutely horrendous, especially after like Riley just did something epic, killing this like lady he's been bitten. And then, Oh God, we have to do with the, the snake monster. It's terrible. Yeah. So. Uh, I really hated it when Giles, did this that's on the screen he oh my god me too i hate it when people do that i don't understand it when they do the leg and up like, you're I, just like I, just, I need to put my leg very high now i think he does that a lot he does he, yeah he i mean he, he does you see it a lot it's 
bad. Yeah, it's really egregious. It's just like really aggressive, and it's like, why can't we all just be sitting down? Is that too static of a scene? We need to have one person doing something different? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's definitely think, it. Remember, so. there was one uh, director's commentary that I watched where that's what they said. It's like, um, you can't just have everybody sitting down. You have to have them doing something because otherwise there's no movement yeah. to the scene, which I get. But, like, God, that felt like a lot. Because I don't know if it was the height of the chair or just, like, the intensity with which he did it. It was too much. I agree. It was really. It's too much way. for Giles. Yeah, it's too much for Giles. Yeah. It's definitely a Tara move. <laughs> <laughs> Tara, new hair. New year, new me. She's oh, got her brown looks hair. Looks so good. And she's definitely cemented herself as part of the group. She she uh, gave a, a pertinent what will would have been actually a factoid. What if she's not a demon or sorceress or spirit or whatever these books cover? What if she's something else altogether? Thank you. Come again. Something new, you mean? Something old. Saying, hey, maybe Glory's really old. Ah, thank you. Invaluable hypothesis, because it ends up being right. Great job. Anyway, she looks great. It's she's like here. she's a new character. <laughs> she's being written as a new character. Like, go back and watch Family. We decided that she is here, and you have to deal with it, and now she has brown hair. You're welcome, America. Was I the only one, or was there so much exposition and lore in this episode, more than any episode in Buffy the Vampire Slayer probably ever, and probably more than the whole show combined? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we did nothing but exposition on something that really ended up being a bunch of bullshit. Don't you know about the Sobakites? Oh, I do. It was an ancient Egyptian cult heavy into dark magic. And the Coles amulet, wasn't that a transmogrification conduit? Damn straight. Be that as it may, I still see no reason for concern. I mean, the, the, the Sabikian transmogrification spells were lost thousands of years ago. And, and besides, the young woman to whom I sold them would have to have enormous power. Young woman? Oh, you mean with the soba? But it was like connected to real. Yeah, just all of it. I mean, they just talked about this the whole time. Yeah. Well, even you, Stacey, you pointed out when she when like basically gyms to the camera and says, transmogrifying was when something transmogrifies. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I wrote that down. I'm like, transmogrifiers question. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Buffy, no, like, and we're treating Buffy so stupidly. Like, I mean, not that you would know exactly what that is, but like, I'm sure she gets it, and I'm sure you guys deal with that a lot more than you think, right? Doesn't that you must have come across this before, guys? Right? I would think. I mean, they've had stuff turn into other you stuff, right? I don't feel like that's that crazy of a thing. Although I like all the donkey on Giles, that was all very funny. Oh yeah, uh, and Anya, great in this episode. Yeah, all that was awesome. So, if we get to dunk on Giles because of that, that's great. And it, I thought it was kind of a nice little touch. Again, Xander, I feel like again new year new year for Xander, new new year new you for Xander also because he's like this mature well-rounded is, I know. human being. He's, I, he's just doing great. I, he like when he had a problem with Riley and instead of doing a passive aggressive thing went up to him immediately when he came mm-hmm. in the magic box he was like, "Hey, what the hell, man?" and then was like, "Are you okay? Do we need to talk? Are you are we, you know, trying to be a friend?" Cuz what struck me in that scene, it was such a small little thing, and, and we don't really spend any time with our friends uh, in this episode at all, but Xander and Riley are kind of buds. We established that in family where they're, like, just wrestling, and, you know, when uh, Riley makes his confession to Xander that Buffy doesn't love me, I mean, clearly it's just like, a, you're the only other dude here, and I can only really be d- friends with the dudes. Uh, but be that yeah. as it may, they... It's weird to think of them having their little life. And, like, clearly they've all done double dates and stuff. I mean, we open with Buffy versus Dracula and they're all having their, their date on the beach all together. And just, 
they're oh they're god friends. yeah they're friends IRL. and we've seen them you know in Xander's basement in their placement watching the movie <laughs> and just like it's sad they're gonna be sad that their friend left and Xander is sad he does yell at Buffy for Riley leaving mm. and it's just are you trying to make Riley a thing no I'm just trying to say that I've never really cared about Riley not that I really care about yeah. it now but I've never thought about the loss that Xander's yeah. gonna suffer for oh, his friend leaving oh my god <laughs> Well, it's like in family when they were all moving. They had some cute moments. That's what I'm saying. You know, Xander's going to be sad. I'll miss it. I'll miss it when it's gone. That's what I'm saying. Last one I had is Sunnydale Zoo. Absolutely incredible that she wouldn't go to a pet store and buy this and do this in her hotel room by herself and wouldn't be bothered by anybody. And it's incredible that we even went to the zoo. And like, we have we not, we've been here at none since the pack. Nope. Yep. That- right? I mean, the pack was the last time. I know. I almost wanted to go and watch the pack to see what they did for the facade for that, because I'm sure it looks absolutely nothing like this. Um, no, it wasn't anything yeah, like it's this. Probably gonna compl- also, that's a fake-ass image. Whatever this is, is a fake-ass image. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a... Yeah. Do you think it's just, like, the back of the high school? Oh, my God, it totally probably yeah, is. It could be anything. <laughs> I bet it is the back of the I high mean, school. I mean, it probably is. <laughs> Shit. Oh, totally. Or, like, no, just probably they're, like, those look like concession stands. Like, behind there could be a, a football field. Or, no, that's, I mean, this I could bet, just be a stadium. That's probably the fucking WB lot. Like, mm. that's the WB entrance to get into mm. the fucking studio. <laughs> that's all that is. There's just random people, not even extras. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, Just a note, and though. And those are balloons. How many pet stores sell cobras? Yeah, that's the true. The only place to get a cobra would be at the zoo. Oh, well, that's fair. Okay. I like, mean, well, that's a great point. Just go to the to the pet store to get a giraffe to transmogrify. Yeah. Yeah, Lori. Because, um, I mean, like... My counterpoint to that is that that was a rubber snake, so I'm sure <laughs> they could have done that at, like, Party City or something. Okay, but, like, how much cooler would it have been if it had been a monster giraffe and not a monster snake this time? Oh, uh, almost I mean, a CGI monster giraffe would have been awesome. And that, I would have given them so much props, and it would have been one of the best episodes ever. <laughs> I feel like that might have saved us. I think if we would have went really hard yeah. in a ridiculous direction, it would have it would have could have saved it. But do you hear that, Joss? Hire me. <laughs> yes. But I mean, I get it. Like you really do want to have some gravity because this is like Buffy's mom has cancer. Like we're supposed to be in this. So yeah, then why do this? Yeah, you can't have gravity. It's the same way you couldn't do it with the mayor because yeah. it looks just as bad in a different way. It looks as bad in a different way because you just don't have enough money yeah. Thank and you're you. not along enough in time. Yeah. yeah. Kelly kept saying it. that it looks great and it doesn't look great. No, I'm saying it looks better than Laconis. Like of all the snake monsters we've had, I think I is that the one that popped out of the tube? The one in the sewer, in the sewer system? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was yeah, barely yeah. anything. Yeah, that was that like was a word worst. symbol copied and pasted. That's true. But I think for snake monsters, <laughs> I got to go, as, as loath as I am to say it, what? Reptile Boy wins. And then I, I would say right. that it's it's Reptile Boy, sadly, this Cobra, then the Mayor, and then Laconis. That can't be uh, all I the mean, I probably demons. said the same. That's, well, that's all so far. I mean, we... It depends. Do you want to call the penis monster that comes out of the old lady's head a snake? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. The that, one in um, the Double Me Palace. Palace. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> that thing is bad. That is bad. Anyway. Well, uh, well, we'll revisit this. We'll revisit these rankings at Double Me Palace. Yes. So. Sounds good to me. Okay. Something very important. I need you to update the watches and I need them to be correct. So mm. proceed with yeah, caution. I'll, I'll give them to you correct, Kelly. Okay. Don't worry. Xander Construction Outfit Watch, no. Maroon Jacket Watch, yes. Thank you. 
But no. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. No, because Riley's wearing it. Because Riley's wearing it. Who's supposed to wear it? for me. Oh, my God. Come on. Come on. Riley is not allowed to touch that jacket. Not okay. Dawn's piercing screams, hell yeah, baby. First time, I think, of the season. Oh, my God. So and it, she kills it. It just kept screaming. Just <laughs> kept screaming. Holy shit. I think I would, too. The CGI was quite bad. Chips Ahoy. <laughs> Spike mentions it with Riley again. So, I mean, it's like it's always going to be mentioned in a way. Just anytime there's a confrontation with Spike, it's like it, it's there. The Spike, or the Spike, the chip is always sort of at everybody's tongue, yeah. especially between Riley and Spike. Uh, Buffy has a personality, no. Uh, but I did, we got a new angle of her room, and we did get to see a widespread panic poster. And then, like, a stylized animal. I think it was a dog or a cat. Oh. So, like, huh. sure. <laughs> like, again, like, they don't have a dog. Maybe they did. Oh. Like, maybe the monks gave them a memory of a dog. So, Because, I mean, we saw the, the dog poster on Dawn's door. <laughs> Never forget. Oh, the the Hoffman Watch. So- to give them a family dog and kill the dog in their memory. <laughs> oh no! Why would they do that? <laughs> Builds character. Oh my god! Uh, just like they did the same with Joyce. Uh, Dahoffer watch no. Sandy watch yes. Final Sandy watch. I guess we can retire it or keep it going forever. Michael Wicket, Amy Goth watch no. But Buffy does want that magic. Yeah. Uh, books a million. Yeah, they talk a lot about books. Um, Xander once again makes another crack about books. He really loves dunking on books. <laughs> uh, streets ahead, no, but we get a long chase scene with the fucking snake. Yeah, and then we pal around Sunnydale, and we end up in some park. I mean, probably somewhere we really haven't been before because we've never seen where Glory lives in this like high rise colonial building. Probably where like, Dracula's where castle was. Yeah, maybe. Probably, or wherever like uh, Xander lives now, which we still haven't been back to since the replacement. So yeah, the, we did a lot of locations in this episode. We did Glory's penthouse. We did the zoo. We did that random church for the most. Yeah. Again, we just needed to fill forty three minutes. Let's have him go to a church because she said go to the holy places <laughs> so we can show that big ass ugly snake oh, tail for no reason. And cool. Jesus. <laughs> And just like this is close up of Jesus, I really wanted that snake to interact with Jesus, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, eat it? I don't know. Like, what? You know, because the snake could go to Venus. I don't know. Um, Giles' biggest KO, no, except everybody dunking on him was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a blow to the spirit for sure. Um, very funny, though. He's very funny in that moment, in that scene. Yeah. R.I.P. Sandy. I can't believe we held on for so long. And now she's gone. We did. We had her for such a short. She's gone like the wind. Man, I know. We'll have to think of a new, uh, a new watch. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put that, put that on the docket. Okay. Okay. I think it's time to rank this sucker, so we can be done with listening. Or no, sorry, listening. We can be done with Shadow, forever. Uh, Willow hacks. We talk about the net. I have to count, oh, slash, something Wicca This Way Comes. I have to count the transmogrification spell that Glory does. I know that it's not Willow doing it, but it still counts. It's it's a spell that happens, and it does conjure forth the bad guy of the episode, I guess. So I gave that a seven, begrudgingly. Giles, maybe other than Helpless, I don't know if I've ever ranked Giles this low. I only gave him a four, because not only is he sidelined again, but he unknowingly sells two items to the bad guy. Mm. Now, whether or not he knew glory was glory is one thing. Like he couldn't have known that, but 
Anya immediately saw those two things were sold together and knew this is a problem. These are weapons. And he didn't know that. That Giles, how are you off your game? Remember that one time you were dusting something in your apartment and you accidentally found out that the Feast of St. Vigis was on this day because you looked at a book because you had a vague memory of something? And yet the girl comes in to get fucking weapons and you're like, oh, that's fine. Bye. The uh, demon woman was here, the one who attacked you. It's no biggie. She, she just got an amulet and a bloodstone that can create a monster okay so four he only that's damning and also also his first reaction after anya was like are you guys stupid was to turn into mr boss man oh would you like it if i terminated you oh yeah what is this bitch that is a whoa, bad look whoa, bad giles look. bad look for you my friend Although he does, uh, it does give Xander the opportunity to say, remember how we talked about employee, employer, so no good. knows? So good. That's number five. <laughs> so. I want to know what the first four were. Yeah, right? I know. I'm, just, I'm disappointed in Giles. And so he gets a four. Uh, do, 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 do. Joyce is a bad mom slash Riley ruins everything. As we've discussed, I think that there was a mixed bag mm. when it comes to Riley in this episode because I think he was being as supportive as he could doing nice like big brother stuff for dawn and you know telling buffy yeah. i'm here for you whatever you need uh the getting bit by a vampire not a great look but you know we can't all, always be winning but it looks good and in the in the turtleneck though yeah he does look good in the turtleneck and then joyce i mean like as i mentioned earlier we should not conflate Joyce being a terrible mom with we feel bad for Joyce, yeah. but I'm going to consistently and whenever I want to. So I feel bad for <laughs> Joyce, and I'm going to give them combined. So do I. going to give them a seven for Riley's efforts and for Joyce. We're all sad for her, and we're sad for Buffy, and we're sad for Don. Uh, Monster of the yeah. Week. This is awful. I think we've explained it enough. Uh, I gave it a one. Mm. Not only does the puppet look ridiculous because the arms don't move at all, and it's just like, I get what they were going for. Like, I'm trying not to be too much of a dick because a lot of artistry and creativity and hard work went into that whole aperture. It was just a bad concept. Uh, I don't think, like, they executed it as well as they could have, but it just does not come off well. And obviously, the CG is an absolute joke. So I think it fails uh, as a practical puppet and figure, and it fails as a CGI figure. And it failed in being a bad guy because it didn't get back to glory. It didn't do what it was created to do. So I gave it a one. <laughs> terrible, terrible monster. Buffy punching the the face of that puppet. Oh, you mean, you mean straight into the that. mouth? That's a puppet. Yeah. Straight into the mouth. <laughs> and I just like, the whole time, I'm like, this is a puppet. I feel so bad for, for SMG here. After a great episode. She had to punch a puppet she in had, the mouth. She has to punch a puppet in the mouth. <laughs> Yeah. It's tough luck. That's why you get a one, stupid snake demon. Uh, <laughs> relationship, goodness, or badness. I'm going to say this was a, a one-up for Tara and everyone. Again, she's decided that she's part of this group, and we're just going to have to all deal with her and her brown hair. And that's that on that. New character. New character. <laughs> and uh, Buffy, Dawn, I think that they are coming closer together as siblings because they're dealing with this hardship, so that's great. Uh, yeah. Riley and Dawn, obviously, again, great. Uh, Buffy and Riley, maybe not so great. So I give it an eight. Everyone else is doing great. Our friends had a really long day at the Magic Box. No one left. They were at the Magic Box <laughs> all day. Xander has a job, and they were at the Magic That's Box true. all day. But uh, an eight for friendship. But when you're the foreman, when you're the foreman, you do whatever you I want, guess. right? He's he's supervising everybody, so he's. I he's guess fine. so. Uh, episode specific. Bear with me, please. 
Most beauteous and supremely magnificent one, most wonderful and tingly glorificus, most shiny special one, your elaborate marvelousness, terrifically smooth, creamy cool one, most silky and effervescent glorificus. Five out of ten. Uh, I gotta say, I, I for, kind of forgot about the minions for a second. It's cool to have Drag here because they're so funny. Like, just imagine having to write all that ridiculous shit all the time. Every oh, whenever so they're fun. on the screen, it's just fantastic. So that is a total of thirty-one for the episode, which puts this at eight of eight for the season, right beneath yeah. "Out of My Mind." Nice, Stacia. Can we please get an update on your watches? Or not watches? <laughs> Ranking. I watched nothing. I watched um, nothing. Yes. I rank this 71 out of 83. Um, second worst of the okay. season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I put it uh, below Reptile Boy because we already decided that was a better snake monster. That is a fact. And what is it above, Stacia? This year's girl. Harsh. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> wow. Harsh look <laughs> for Faith. Suck it, Faith. <laughs> Wherever you are in prison, suck it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, my God. Thank you for that. That's incredible. Daniel, where do we got? Oh, I, yeah, like I said at the beginning, great story stuff coming up. Horrible episode. I want to put it a lot lower talking about this. Really, really destroying this episode. Uh, with you guys was really fun but i am going to be a little more generous because i wanted to put it way low but i'm going to put it at the coveted 100 spot nice because like for me that's like that's the downhill slide everything below that is like gonna be bad this one is bad but it does have the story beats that i feel like are so important going forward like you have to have these episodes and it was weird, honestly. It was just kind of a weird decision to make such a slow-paced uh, reveal about Joyce having cancer, a brain tumor, to fucking some snake monster. Like, what is this shit? Like, pure Buffy at its best. The highs are high, the lows are low. And it's kind of a, an emblematic episode of the show. So Yeah, the, the, while I was watching this, I was thinking about you saying that, how the highs are highs and the lows are low. It's like, wow, we just came off of Fool for Love. And it's like... This yeah. is terrible. <laughs> this is really bad. Horrible. Um, so I'm surprised you didn't put it lower because, as we've discussed, you do need to fill out the, the bottom of your rankings. So, uh, but I, get I know, it. I know, but I, I didn't, hate, I just didn't really like hate in the moment watching it, and I like laughing at some really bad stuff. Like I did find that stuff really entertaining and very funny. So I don't know. I think that what they should have done is just gone ahead and had a heavy episode. Just like, I know we're going to get the body, so. and even Forever is really heavy, too, but, like, they are so... Forever's way heavy. They, they so deftly handle that mix of, like, you know, levity when they needed with a good punchy joke and sadness that, like, this would have really benefited. Instead of getting, uh, listening to Fear and this kind of being a two-parter of Joyce's, you know, Joyce has cancer, like, this, we got to deal with this. If we would have just yeah. been, like, we're going to have the sad episode and hang with our friends, and then we'll do Goofy Hijinks next week, I, I think would have been... Yeah. Been a better call. Instead, we just get two episodes that the sadness doesn't get to land because the B story is dumb as shit. So, I mean, what do you? I don't know. What are you gonna do? It, we, it'll only get better from yeah. here. So, like, I think that this is probably this this the next two episodes. These three are are really the lull in the season. Um, and then I, I think after after out of my mind, we kind of you know when season five actually starts, we. 
we mm. yes i know i know or it's not, coming I'm up mind, uh, into the woods we uh yeah. i'm excited for season five yeah season season five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming uh well i think that uh shadow is in the books and we get to look forward mm. to listening to fear next week but before we get there do you have any final words to say about shadow stacia uh, did we really make it through the entire podcast without saying the phrase Subiki and Bloodstone once? Oh, my gosh. Subiki and Bloodstone. Wow. The Cole's amulet and Subiki Almost. and Bloodstone. <laughs> Are you stupid? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Never have, never will. Great. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next week for listening to Fear, uh, starring one of the most disgusting demons that we deal with, the Queller Demon. Things yucky. Couldn't tell you what happens next Looks week. Looks like a roach. I have no idea, so I'm excited. Actually, thinking about what David Fury said about wanting a weird insectoid demon, maybe that's more what he wanted to happen than the snake. But anyway, until then, Daniel, well, Stacia, you first. Say goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Daniel, say goodbye. Uh, forgive me, shiny special podcast. I beg of you to rip out my inadequate tongue. Aw, drag. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. didn't want to start my day with a slaughter which really just goes to show how much I've grown Just once I would like to run into a cult of bunny worshippers. Great. Thank you very much for those nightmares.